Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. The same day, we are again joined by Alfie. Yes, but the fly has seemed to uh, stop, so. So that's good. I think he ate it. Oh, good job, Alf. Alfie, Abby, both A names. Nobody will know. Oh, he's a good boy, Alf. He's Who's going to know? Um, I was thinking about when you said in the last episode that you're we're watching a mortician. Well, my friend is going to be a funeral director. Oh, yeah. So did I tell you we were at work and they... This lady was talking about, we were talking about, like, getting buried with your implants or not, if you have implants. Oh. Because I was like, if you get buried, your implants will be, like, the last thing. They'll just be in the, like, that'll be the last thing in the casket is just yeah. your boobs, just little and, jelly pods. And this lady's like, no. She's like, they they take them out before that. She She's like, I, you know, they reuse them. They don't read what? And we're all sitting there like, why would you need to do that? They're, they're, that doesn't make any it's not sense. Like they're made out of like a precious metal. They're silicone. It's not an organ. We were like, no. She, she was like, no, it's true. So I asked my friend. I was like, I was like, please tell me that yeah. I'm right. I need to be right. Yeah. This time, please. And she's like, yeah. If you took them out, that would be considered like defiling a corpse. Like. It would be like a crime. Well, I wonder if you could like ask to have them take take. I'm them. sure, but if you just did it, it's but like you can't just reuse them. You can't just mutilate a corpse. No, no, and you don't want to reuse them. No, why would you want that? So I was thinking about that. that that's pretty funny. And I was like, this just isn't right. That's an intense line of work. I don't think I could do it. I was like, I can't let this be. I can't. I have to correct this one. <laughs> Usually I let stuff go and I'm like, I can't let everybody think this no, is what happens she, to you. She can't live with this information no. being this wildly wrong. She's better off. Yeah, it's a great line of work. Oh, I, man. I wasn't even working. I was sitting there for my shift drink and I was just like. <laughs> for my shift drink. <laughs> we do get a shift drink. Oh, um, by the way, uh, there is nothing more torturous than having to edit our podcast, specifically sitting there while I'm coughing and editing out my coughing. It was like the most while I was coughing. Coughception. Yeah, it was coughception. And Eric's like, "What are you doing? What's that sound?" I'm like, "I'm editing out my coughing." He's like, "But you're coughing." I'm like, "Please, please stop. <laughs> please stop reminding me." But I, I'm feeling much better, so there's much less editing to have to do with this one. Thank God. And that's great. It's great. So but great. Humble listeners, we're we're back today. <laughs> humble, humble listeners, you have to be humble to put up with this bullshit. Welcome to your ascension. <laughs> I was going to tell you the story. Well, I still am. <laughs> I don't have anything else on deck, so. Um, <laughs> now you guys get no story. Of Colton Harris Moore, a.k.a. the Barefoot Bandit. Oh, my God. Have you heard of him? No. It was pretty recent, too. And this kid was just truly on his Dennis the Menace bullshit. Really? And there's something I kind of respected about it. But when we get into it, 
I really don't agree with everything, obviously. And if you do, there's probably an issue. You <laughs> Something need to, may not be hooked up properly. You need to work out. Um, but I think there might be a little piece inside all of us that can admire how brazen and ridiculous this kid was. Like, just out of control. <laughs> so... I could see why you would you would feel familiar with someone like that. You just... He was so unhinged. It was great. You're my favorite wild card. <laughs> He was so much worse. So, <laughs> he was worse than me. Worse. So Colton was born on Camano Island. It's part of Washington State on Puget Sound. Okay. Is that by Forks? I don't know. Bella Swan. <laughs> Bella Swan, where are you at? It's not even a real place. I, don't, I have no idea. I think idea. it is. I, let's go visit. <laughs> <laughs> so it had just one road to take you on and off the island. So I'm like, okay, derelict youth activities are bound to flourish in this Oh, yeah. In this situation already. And the island was just under 40 square miles and only hosts to about 15,000 full-time residents as of the last census in 2010. Oh. So Colton was born on March 22nd, 1991. And his parents, Pamela and Gordon, had some serious issues right off the bat. So Pamela drank. I'm going to call her Pam from now on. Pam. Pammy. Pam drank while she was pregnant with him. Oh, Pammy. Which might explain some of the further things that he went on to do. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's not funny. But it's- um, it's not. Um, so it caused his neurocognitive development to struggle a little bit, obviously. And Gordon, his dad, struggled with drugs and alcohol as well when Colton was a toddler, and he ended up walking into the woods and getting arrested by the time Colton was 12. Oh, yeah. And Pamela remarried to yet another drug addict after mm. that. So she had her own issues with alcohol abuse, like I said, and Colton and Pam lived on the island in poverty together. They lived in a small rundown trailer, and the neighbors had called CPS on Pamela multiple times, suspecting she had been abusive and neglectful towards Colton. Mm. And neighbors would hear her screaming at him, berating him, and she would often break his toys as punishment. She neglected him, barely fed him. He always had to beg to have her put food in the house. And she didn't really care if he went to school either. And he would be prescribed a bunch of medications for depression, ADD, and even antipsychotics. And by the time he was 15, CPS had been called to the home 12 times. 12 times. Yeah. And they actually ended an investigation because... Pam wasn't cooperating. Wow, they're just like she's not going to help us. So, but I'm like, okay, that's um, that's even more of a reason to like keep she's looking not, into this. She's not cooperating. Like, of course she's not. And Colton was off, off, you know, from a very early age. Understandably, mm-hmm. by seven years old, he was basically living in the woods, oh. breaking into vacation homes to survive, using their food and water reserves, and stealing blankets too. This feels very where the crawdads sing. Yeah, he would disappear. For days at a time. And he was a menace in school as well, breaking things, getting into fights, vandalizing chalkboards and stuff. You know, he wrote, like, fuck off. Or, or like, drew, yeah. <laughs> he didn't listen to his teachers. He, he, Colton told court-ordered psychiatrist his mother was mean and when she drank and would break his things when she was angry or drunk. And when Colton was 10, CPS had, CPS had um, taken him from his home for three days. And the case was closed because Pam didn't cooperate, like I said. Mm. So she refused to put Colton into therapy, as was recommended by psychologists. You know, she was like, I don't believe in that devil's stuff. 
Nobody needs to help my kid. He'll help himself. Go yeah. feed yourself, boy. Yeah. Well, he did. And she continued to abuse and neglect her son. And Colton's stepfather died when he was 11. And Pam quickly got a new alcoholic boyfriend. Where is she finding all of these? It's a very small island. Pam, yeah. You need to stop. Places like that, I feel like, are also, like, I don't know. Like, they do they just flourish They just there? drink. Because what else Cause are you going to do? Else, yeah. It's like the Outer Banks, I feel like. Are we, I went there one time in the winter, and I was like, this place is crazy. Really? I've never been because it's just not a place that we think of going. Just but. a very local vibe. Um, but I love, you know, it's great, the Outer Banks, but it's it's just one of those places in the winter, like, you're left with the full timers, and they're all just probably bored, and that's what I'd be doing, too. And the relationship did not long, did not end long after its start. Colton's father, Gordon, returned into the picture after returning from prison. Oh. So Colton called the cops on his father after he physically assaulted him one day. Police arrived, Colton fled into the woods. And after that, Gordon cut off contact with the family, which Pam blamed on Colton. Oh, yeah, you know, that makes total sense. As one does. And Colton was first convicted for theft when he was just 12. And the Aww. convictions kept coming after that. So by the time he was 13, he had four convictions under his belt, but he was never in jail for more than 10 days at a time. Wow. <laughs> He's also like a child. So yeah. what are you? how long are you going to keep him there? Yeah. So he began serving time in juvenile detention facilities by now, and he was also moved to Lincoln Hill Alternative School after many disciplinary issues at his old school that his teachers just couldn't handle. Mm -hmm. And things didn't really change there much. He stopped coming to school altogether by the ninth grade. CPS showed up time and time again for neglect or abuse, and he was placed in temporary foster care at one point. Then in 2006, he was supposed to show up for a mandatory court date, which he did not do. And now he was officially on the run. He realized he would have to step up his game to evade the police. Oh. So now when he broke into vacation homes, he used their computers to figure out how to forge new identities. And he used the homeowner's credit cards to order fancy survival gear so he could set up his campsites throughout the woods in different spots to evade police capture. On this 40-mile island. Yeah. Yeah. So by February 2011, Colton was finally apprehended by police after being on the run for six months. He ended up in Greenhill School, which was a high security facility for juveniles. And he was a model prisoner, which, okay. What an right. odd statement. Yeah. That, that statement alone. But by 2008, he was transferred to a lower security facility that served as a halfway home with the goal to rehabilitate troubled youth and bring them safely back into society. Okay. So he was really only a model prisoner, so he could be transferred here where it was easier to escape, <laughs> which he did. He was in the facility for just two months before he went through an unlocked window. He went back to his old ways in the woods, stealing from homes to get by. Colton stole a Mercedes and led the police on a chase, which ended with him crashing. And I don't know if the police actually chased him or if they just realized or if the Mercedes crashed. I was kind of confused about that. And okay. they found it. So either way, however, that went down. Um, it ended with him crashing into a propane tank and hopping out of the vehicle and fleeing to the woods. He didn't have a driver's license either. Oh, yeah. And stolen items like credit cards were found inside the Mercedes, as well as cell phones and a digital camera. The camera showed selfies Colton took in the woods, which led police to knowing it was indeed him who stole the Mercedes. 
You can find that picture online. It's like him laying in the brush, like with the camera above him taking a selfie. 2007 MySpace era. Yeah. And around this time, he had gained media attention and became known as the Barefoot Bandit because sometimes he would leave barefoot footprints behind in his crime scenes. So he knew the police were on him more now than ever and expending more resources to capture him. And remember, Camano Island is super small. So Colton did the most logical thing and stole a boat to go to the neighboring Orca Island. Oh. And police and residents of Orca's Island were noticing a substantial uptick in crime, especially burglaries in August 2008, coincidentally when Colton had arrived. Oh. So it did not take long for people (laughs) there to begin suspecting the missing fugitive could have landed on their island. After Colton stole money from an ATM there, he cut himself and left behind blood, which police collected. Oh, They're taking DNA evidence, too. It's like chase down the barefoot bandit. Mm -hmm. And Colton was already one step ahead of law enforcement, as per usual. By November, he had escaped Orca Island, but not by boat. No, Colton stole a whole plane this time. A plane! And if you're wondering where Colton, the poor, impoverished kid growing up, got flying lessons, you're not alone. Yeah, how did he know how to fly that? Colton had never flown a plane in his life, and there were no classes to prepare him for this great voyage. So they think that he taught himself to fly using aircraft manuals and his favorite game, which was Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, my God. Do you know what that is? Eric plays that. (laughs) Still? It is the most embarrassing thing. Like, I'll come home at, like, after work, and he's already home, and he's sitting there with his his little headset on. And his stop. His, I, I swear to God. And apparently, like people will buy like the chair to oh, like no. get Don't let him go close. that far. No, but yeah, you sit there and you fly over like legitimate places. Like you could start over here in a lair and like fly over your house. So this is what he was doing when he was growing up. So what you're saying is Eric could be the barefoot bandit. <laughs> he might be ready to steal his first plane soon. <laughs> it's almost time, honey. It's almost time. So despite this barrier to entry, he managed to get the plane off the ground and fly 300 miles away and wow. over over the Cascade Mountain Range through a whiteout. Oh, my God. To crash land on the <laughs> Yakama Indian Reservation. Damn it, Colin. What the fuck, right? He got through the whiteout conditions. Yeah. And then he crashed. He went through bad conditions. So, of course, he escaped before the police could apprehend him once more, but not before leaving behind some of his famous barefoot footprints and vomit that matched DNA from the blood collected from the ATM incident. So he fucking puked, too. He's like, Bleh. He's like, ah, oh, tailspin, bleh. Yeah. So he was now also connected to over 70 crimes throughout the Pacific Northwest. Holy shit. It was estimated that he had stolen or destroyed $3 million worth of shit. Well, I mean, there's a plane. Yeah. So that itself, a couple million, right? And when his mother was interviewed about her son's crimes, she told an interviewer she was proud of him and she always <laughs> wanted to send him, I know, Pam. Pammy, no! And she always wanted to send him to flight school, but now she supposed she wouldn't have to. Oh my god. Yeah, so she talked to the media sometimes, but after a while she put up a sign like <laughs> on their gri- driveway that's like, 
you'll be shot if you come down here. Like, she didn't want to talk anymore. Tammy doesn't want to talk about the flight simulator. No. And she changed her tune eventually, too. Oh, Beasley. So Colton went around the West Coast in stolen vehicles now, touring as far as Nevada and through California. He did return to Camano Island in May of 2009, but not to turn himself in. He continued to cause destruction and evade the law. It seemed like it was a game for him at this point when he was winning. Yeah. In September, he stole yet another plane and flew it to Orca Island once more. Oh, my God. But this time, he used their airport landing strip instead of crash landing into the brush. So, I guess he figured out how to land. That's impressive. And then right after that, he stole a boat and sailed to Point Roberts, Washington, where he continued his bullshit all the way into Idaho. And then he stole another plane and planned to fly it into Camano Island. And I want to remind everyone that Colton is just 18 years old at this point and barely educated. So he's obviously a smart kid. So he ran out of fuel before he made it to Camano Island and had to crash land in Granite Falls, Washington. Again, his bare footprints were found. This is fascinating. Yeah. So then... <laughs> this feels like a Lifetime movie. I know. So then he stole $1,000 from a grocery store, not before eating an entire cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most impressive part of the story. Like, how do you eat an entire cheesecake Colin, in one what sitting? what did you do on Saturday? Well, I stole a plane. Then I ran out of gas and crashed. So I went to the food store and I was a little hungry. So I ate a cheesecake and then I robbed it. A whole cheesecake. <laughs> I'm like, how do you even have time to do that, too? I feel like that would take a minute. <laughs> That's like the John Bonet Ramsey ransom note. Yes. It's yeah. a 21 minute ordeal. I was just. Uh. So he left his footprints what more once more, except he drew them in chalk on the floor. Oh, now he's just proud. As well as a very Dennis the Menace message written in the chalk on the floor saying, see ya. See dash ya. <laughs> he drew like 30 something footprints too. Like how? He ate a cheesecake, drew 30 something footprints and then wrote, see ya. <laughs> see ya too. But they can't catch him. No. So his media attention led to someone making a blog in support of Colton and hoping that Colton does not get apprehended. So merchandise was made with his face on it. No. Yeah, like tote bags and shit. Oh, my God. I need to look this up. And they said Mama tried on them. <laughs> and then another blog was made to chastise him as the people who had their shit stolen were pissed you well, know yeah. so there's like counter blogs going on about him people are following it in washington as it unfolds like this whole story is unfolding and people are like what's colton gonna do next <laughs> so pam encouraged colton through the media to flee to another country where he would be safe to run a buck <laughs> So at this point, the FBI was involved in Colton's escapades, and he had racked up over a hundred charges against him, spanning through Washington, Idaho, Canada, I think more too, California, probably a bunch more. And the waters were patrolled by a Coast Guard who were meant to report any suspicious planes or boats, but of course, Colton's has not gone by. Wow. So multiple police forces, the FBI, the Canadian Royal Mounted Police, the Coast Guard, SWAT teams, police helicopters with infrared technology. All were on the hunt for him. All failed. Oh, all a big fail. So he escaped to San, San Juan Island and then stole a boat to go back to his home base of Camano Island. 
Forty Mile Island. Yeah. So May of 2010, Colton left a note and a hundred dollars in a veterinary clinic. The note said, "Drove by, had some extra cash. Please use this money for the care of the animals." Colton Aww. Harris Moore, aka the Barefoot Bandit, which is a nice gesture, but like a hundred dollars, like it's gonna clip one toenail at the back. This whole thing is so, but like I just. I can't wrap my head around any of this. The the mom just saying, you know, I was going to send him to flight school, but now I guess I don't have to. Ma'am, he's stolen three planes. Yeah. I feel like maybe flight school isn't the best idea for Colin. No. And you like you just know, like, this woman was serious, like, just backwoods Illusion. type yeah. folk, you know. So now it's 2010. Colton's going to make the longest and boldest journey yet. He's been on the run for, like, I don't know, two years. And he's he, still a baby. Mm-hmm. He made his way east across the USA, of course, all in stolen cars, making it as far as Illinois. Wow. When an airplane was stolen in Indiana, Colton was the obvious person police believed was the culprit. He wanted to go to Cuba because, like, I guess he would not be detected, like, because the U.S. at that point. They and, couldn't touch Cuba? Yeah. yeah. But instead, he made it to Jamaica, where he did a <laughs> signature crash landing into shallow water. He went to a fishing village and stole food for a few days to get by. He, bulg- he burglarized multiple sites across the island while being spotted visiting bars and restaurants along the way. Oh, my God. Like, drinking a mojito, probably. Yeah, he's just, a rum runner. He's probably got one of those, like, stereotypical tourist hats with the fake yeah. dreads on it. He has, like, a rum cake. Yeah. He's probably smoking a joint. He probably is. With the locals. Oh. So... People in <laughs> the people were all alerted. There was like wanted posters everywhere. So in Jamaica, everybody's looking for him. And finally, in July of 2010, Colton was captured by police after someone in the water like saw this kid swimming around, and they were like, "I think that's Colton." I don't know though. Something's telling me that that kid doesn't belong here. Yeah. So he had stolen a boat and got stuck on a sandbar. Oh my god. So I guess the new terrain was not working in his favor. So police shot at the boat's engine because they <laughs> knew that he was going to fucking – he was a flight risk, right? So they told him to put his hands in the air, but instead he pointed a gun at his own head and told police he would kill himself because he couldn't go back to jail. Oh, my God. So police managed to apprehend him without him pulling the trigger. He was soon extradited to Miami from the Bahamas. And eventually he was placed in a federal detention center where he stayed put for two years as his charges were being sorted out all over the country. Imagine being the caseworker. Yeah. They're like, um, we might have missed with this one. Yeah. We probably could have done yeah. something else. Maybe just didn't give up on Pammy so easy. Yeah. They're like, Pam's not cooperating. Five so other people, five families would still have planes right now. We're going to move on. So Colton ended up having his sentences consolidated and had to serve just six years in prison beginning in 2012. He ended up selling the rights to his story for $1.4 million, but luckily the money went towards restitution for his crimes. Okay. So Colton was 25 when he was finally released, and he was ordered to stay at a halfway house near Washington. He got a job with his attorney who had represented him. He started a GoFundMe to fund him going to flight school. (laughs) He wrote on his page, now I'm 25 years old, free and ready to do it, which fly, legally. 
I love airplanes, but I will never steal one or break the law again. I broke the law big league when I was num- younger, but now, but now it's time to focus on my career and life in the free world. Needless to say, he did not raise much. And what he did raise went towards fines. He's like, he still owed for all of his tomfoolery in his earlier years. He owes like multiple countries money. Yeah. His last public appearance was in May 2019 for a radio interview. In it, he said, I think it's going to be difficult to have a normal life. I really do. In fact, I don't think I'm ever going to have a normal life. And today he is absent on all social media. Nobody really knows where he is. So where the barefoot bandit has gone he has gone silent i feel like in another dimension you could have been a barefoot bandit but yeah like, if my parents were like alcoholics yeah like you had all of the right things going for you yeah but i mean you guys just have a similar vibe it could have turned and i got at any most, point it could have turned any point but it didn't thank god so I got all this from historylink.org and some information I got from My Favorite Murder, episode 333, because they covered his case. So I remembered a couple of things from them, too, I think. So I've never heard of that. That's yeah. so wild. It sounds fake. He was, a, he was something else altogether. He was, he was going for it. Not went, really sure what it is, but he was going. He went big. <laughs> he did. I can't believe he stole, like, four planes. That is honestly impressive. I know. Part of it's like you're cheering for him, but the other part's like, okay, settle. Like, yeah, thanks for giving the dogs the money, but also like... Give them more than a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's like a bag of dog food. Yeah. Oh, man. That was wild. Mm. So that's him. That's him. (laughs) That's the barefoot bandit. That's him. All right. Well, thanks for that. You're welcome. I'm, I'm bamboozled. Oh, when do you um go to the great land of pierogies? Is that offensive? Mm, I don't think so. I think it's in like a couple weeks. Yeah. So we'll record one more time. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one more tonight and then we'll record next week. We'll have content to get you through. Yeah. So when Aaron goes Thank to God. The, the great land of rogie, don't, don't be concerned, y'all. It'll yeah. Be okay. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.